0: It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, it's all about health, fitness, and wellness. Coming up, one woman's journey from obesity to Ironman competitor. Find out her secret and exactly what inspired her total body transformation. We'll also talk about the latest trends in exercise and diet, plus the newly crowned winner of NBC's The Biggest Loser joins us. But we begin this morning with registered dietitians, Stacey Cluxton Michaels and Casey Cluxton Massey. They're the Cluxton twins of Cluxton Consulting. It's our pleasure to welcome you ladies back to the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. What about you, Stacey?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having us.
0: Now, let's refresh our memories here. You ladies are identical twin sisters. You both, as teenagers, developed the eating disorder. Take us back to that time. What was that like for you, and how bad did it get, ladies?
1: Well, we were diagnosed with anorexia nervosa in 1999 at Children's Hospital. That We were freshmen in high school. That time was really bad for us. We were honestly always comparing ourselves to others, watching the food we ate. We became obsessed with it. Struggled with self-esteem. We were honestly just having a lot of food restriction. It made tension between our family, financial burden, because we had to seek treatment. And we socially isolated ourselves from our friends, especially if there was going to be food involved and that kind of thing. So really, it was just a kind of a dark time for us. Um, As far as as bad as it got, we we sought treatment at Children's Hospital for four years. Um, We were never actually hospitalized, which was good. Some people aren't that lucky. But you know, definitely a hard time in our lives.
0: So let me ask you this, and I we I asked you this the last time you guys were on the show. But being twin sisters, did you talk to each other? It's just I think it's I don't want to say weird, but it's it's
2: we're a little weird. It's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. no, I, I just think it's it's a real unique story that both twin sisters would have the same eating disorder.
2: Yeah, I think we got into it together. Did you
0: feed off? Of, oh, did you oh, feed yeah. Off? Oh yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Okay. So that that kind of made it hard at home sometimes because we did feed off of each other. One of us might show improvement, but the other one slipped back. So then the next week it might be the opposite. So it was a it was a struggle with it being the both of us.
0: Okay, and so is, was this something you were able to talk about amongst each other at the time when you were going through this eating disorder? Because a lot of times. Um, You talked about isolation. When people have eating disorders, they are isolated. But you had your sister.
1: For sure, yeah. We were definitely each other's support system, as well as worst enemy at times. But um, definitely more support than anything. So that definitely helped. And we also had a great support system with our family. You know, we couldn't ask for a better support there. So,
2: So it de- was definitely always... Present And, you know, we weren't ashamed to talk about it with each other or with our parents, which was a good, open, honest relationship. Um, but it didn't leave that circle, really.
0: OK, so, Stacey, you touched on this, but I do want to talk more about this. Um, Looking back on it, what were some of the factors that led you into this eating disorder? What do you think?
1: I think specifically like media, those types of things, you know, seeing young girls that we wanted to strive to be on the TV. Those definitely had A factor in us in our eating disorder, but also, you know, our own poor self-esteem, I think, had a huge factor in it and also our strive to be perfect. You know, we wanted we had this perfectionist
2: um, type of attitude about things.
0: Okay, Casey. Do you agree with your sister?
2: Definitely. We come from a great family. There was no, of course, they wanted us to do well in school, but we added so much pressure to ourselves. And I think that stemmed from that low self-esteem and wanting to be able to control something that our eating disorder was something that we could control. And it just kind of went from there.
0: Okay. So let's talk about treatment. Um, Again, Stacey, you touched on this. You sought treatment. We found out the last time you were here at Cincinnati's Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the treatment process, Casey.
2: It was definitely a long process when, um, you know, we think back, we went through four years of treatment at Cincinnati Children's Medical Center. We did um, have a great team. We worked with our doctor, dietitian, and a therapist. So our, our treatment team was was very proactive and very, very good. It really depended on how well we were doing, whether we made weekly visits, you know, every other week, maybe even once a month. Um it just varied on, on how well we were doing. But it was definitely intense at times, um because we'd slip back and and get into our old habits.
0: Okay. Stacey, your view?
2: Um, definitely a great experience
1: at children's. You know, the good thing about that is they're all specialized in eating disorders, which is extremely important because that is such a specific set of a problem that people need to be specialized in to help someone Um, who are struggling with an eating disorder. So it was definitely, you know, emotional roller coaster for everybody involved. But it it honestly was a good experience considering the circumstances.
0: Okay, so help us understand and help us get inside your head. Um, When you were um, anorexic and you were going through before you got into treatment, what was your mind saying about how you looked when you looked in the mirror? What what did your mind say?
2: Never satisfied. Um, just seeing someone that
1: was over. I, I felt like we we saw ourselves as overweight, but then we knew we weren't overweight. If that makes any sense. So we just knew that internally, our mind was struggling with what to eat, how much to eat, restricting things like crazy. So I think it was more mental than it was actually physical for us, um, especially in the beginning. You know, it was just the mental struggle that we were having with things that we wanted to eat and things that we wanted to do.
0: Okay. So let's talk about this now. You talked about how this all began when you guys were freshmen in high school. You went through treatment. At what point did you begin to feel comfortable in your own skin and the woman that you were or have become, when did that start?
1: Honestly, that was just about as long as a process as the actual treatment at Children's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we went off to college and that was a whole new set of struggles. You know, we didn't know how to deal with having to make new friends and the stress of just classes and school and and those things in general. So definitely that was a hard time for us. And we kind of reverted back to like our eating disorder habits. But this time we weren't restricting food. We were binging on food. And that's what, you know, we had this emotional eating type thing. Both so, of you
0: again at the same time? Yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So we were kind of binge eating together, um, you know, trying to kind of, I guess, you know, eat our sorrows or whatever. But um, so definitely that was a long haul through college. And so we, you know, gained weight through that process. Um, but it wasn't until our, um, our internship and we moved to a different city And we kind of got in a normal routine, you know, kind of like big girl jobs. And and then we started to eat what we wanted. We found out that we could kind of eat in moderation. And our weight started to normalize. So that was really, really cool. So it was probably like four years after treatment, five years after treatment, that we honestly started feeling good about ourselves and, you know, had a better self-esteem and that type of thing.
0: Okay. So today, as you stand here or sit here today, you feel good about the woman you are in terms of your body image.
1: Definitely. I mean, That's I think good. that we all still struggle with things. I mean, I think we all will always struggle with mm-hmm, a little bit. Definitely. Um, But definitely, like, respecting your body at the here and now. You know, making sure that you're dressing, that you feel comfortable. That is the biggest thing to be confident. You have to feel comfortable.
2: Okay. And knowing that you can trust in your body, which is what... We've learned through the process of, you know, struggling on the restriction end to the binging end to now feeling very confident in being able to trust our body and listen to what it's telling us.
0: And in case you're just tuning in this morning, we're speaking to Stacy and Casey Cluxton. You guys may remember them. We had them on several years ago. They are identical twin sisters who, as teens suffered with anorexia they're here this morning to talk about their new consulting business we'll talk about that in a second but let's make this clear after you recovered from anorexia today you ladies are registered dietitians
2: we are registered dietitians we got our education from eastern kentucky university we did both our bachelor's and our master's degree there and now we're uh, registered dietitians licensed in the states of ohio and kentucky
0: okay so you guys have formed your own company. Cluxton Consulting. Tell me about this.
2: It's really funny because last time that we were in the studio, we were headed to Dallas for an eating disorders boot camp. So we literally left the studio, got on a plane, and went to Dallas to um, do a boot camp with Jessica Setnick, who is a registered dietitian who specializes in eating disorders. So this was an opportunity for us to learn how to better treat those patients. At the boot camp, we all, we um, found a book called Intuitive Eating, which gave us the basis to start our business, which we now call Kluxton Consulting. Our business is based on phone consultations, and it helps clients reach, um, you know, reach a dietitian in the comfort of their own home. So they don't have to go out um, to a, a doctor's office or something um, in order to talk with a registered dietitian. Our phone consultations are about 45 minutes. And again, it's just from the comfort of your home.
0: Okay, and so when we call are we talking to both Stacy and Casey or one or the other or how does that work?
1: You're talking to one or the other. So typically, okay. you know, you you would either send an email letting us know that you're interested or calling the number that's on the website. And you would talk to one of us, and then we would give you, like, a complimentary, like, 10-minute, you know, phone consultations, kind of let you know our philosophy. And then we would set you up with a dietitian to kind of
2: help you along the way. So okay. You'd be assigned to one or the other.
0: Okay. So tell us, what's that number, and what's the website address there?
2: Our website is www.cluxton, which is C-L-U-X-T-O-N, consulting.com. And all of the numbers and the information are on there. You can email us, which is probably one of the easiest ways to get us at info at com, And that goes directly to us. We can figure out, um, you know, you can leave your name and your phone number and we'll give you a call back so we can talk about all those things.
0: So for the business, do you focus on eating disorders?
1: Actually, we do not see people with active eating disorders. If somebody with an active eating disorder calls us, we will do our best to try to get them help. Um, we think it's very important that someone with an active eating disorder sees a dietitian face-to-face because, one, they're going to want to monitor their weight and those types of things and come up with a plan specific for them. They also need to be seeing a doctor and a therapist. What we hope to do is treat people with um, eating disorders that are in recovery. Just like us, we went to college and we were supposedly recovered from an eating disorder, but we didn't know how to manage it. And that's where intuitive eating comes into play.
0: All right. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. In the studio with me, we're joined by Stacy and Casey Cluxton. They're here this morning to talk about their business Cluxton Consulting. Uh, now, ladies, it's based on your company is based on, and you mentioned this, Casey. Intuitive eating. Explain to us what intuitive eating is.
2: Intuitive eating is um, a process-based approach to help people make peace with food, which sounds kind of complicated, but it, it goes through a variety of different principles. This is actually a book that was written by two dietitians. Um, they are out in California. And their names are Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rash. And so we studied under them, did some continuing education in order to be intuitive eating counselors. So now we help people make peace with food by looking at a variety of different things. A few of those things include um, rejecting the diet mentality, helping them listen to their hunger and fullness cues, as well as um, not eating for emotional reasons.
0: Okay, you touched on something that was really good and I want to get into that um, Before I get into that, Stacy, you look like you want to say something
1: Well, you know, I think intuitive eating, the main purpose of it is putting weight on the back burner You know, weight loss is not a true motivator Because let's say you step on the scales, you know, one day, two days later And their weight hasn't gone down Then that makes people feel guilty and, you know, feel like a failure So when they put weight loss on the back burner It truly is a true motivator and having peace and freedom with food does so much to your to your mind and your body.
0: Now, let's talk about this. Casey, you mentioned this. Let's talk about emotional eating. You brought it up, but explain to us what that is. And I think a lot of people do this and don't even realize it. Is that right?
2: Yeah. A lot of times emotional eating can be, you know, maybe they're stressed, bored, lonely, tired. I mean, it can be a range of any kind of emotional um, feeling. and a lot of times people, like you said, don't realize that they're doing it um, and they just need us to kind of point that out or to ask specific questions, which we have a variety of specific questions that helps get that out of them um, so that we can figure out maybe which area they're struggling with. Um, and then once they recognize it, giving them tips on how to prevent them from eating out of those emotional reasons. So many times um, weight gain is due to emotional reasons or um, just poor self-esteem is due to emotional reasons. And we have to, you know, it's not about the food. It's about that emotion. So we have to figure out how to help them with that. And, of course, we don't go out of our scope of practice as far as we are not therapists. So there are times where we have to ask our clients, you know, are you working with a therapist? That's not something that we can help you with. Um, we'll be more than happy to help you on the food end and think of some things on how we can prevent that. Um, But a lot of times we set them up with a therapist as well.
1: Yeah, like a good example is, you know, like one time a client said, you know, my boss was mad at me, so I didn't eat lunch. Well, you know, we can we can focus on the fact that you didn't eat lunch. So why, you know, just because your boss was mad at you, you still need to eat lunch. We can focus on the food aspect, but then saying, you know, you'll have to Maybe talk to a therapist to see, you know, what's going on at work. Like, is that a true stressor? And figure those types of things out.
0: Now, intuitive eating focuses on 10 principles. Unfortunately, we can't talk about all of the principles this morning. But let's start with the first principle of intuitive eating.
2: The first principle is rejecting the diet mentality, which is something that we feel very strongly about. When you think of diets, you think of restriction. So and then when you think of restriction, you think about um, deprivation. And after people get deprived and feel like they can't have something, they crave that something. Mm -hmm. So deprivation or starvation throws moderation out the window. And I know that's a lot of of words right there, but we've got to get to a place where we can have moderation. And when we do yo-yo dieting or fad diets, then we usually throw out foods that we actually enjoy and that we want to eat. So getting clients to reject the diet mentality is one of the first things that we work on. Some clients don't have problems with the diet mentality. So it just depends on the client. Um, As far as the diet mentality, it can be a variety of things. It can be maybe they count calories daily. Maybe they are doing those fad diets. So it's different for every client.
0: Okay. Now, do you think that diets, do you say that diets don't work or what's your thoughts on that? You know, there are many different mentalities there. Many people think that diets are great. Other people think that they just don't work.
1: Definitely, we feel like diets don't work just because of the the thing about, you know, feeling deprived. And then you kind of rebel and then you overeat on that one item that you're not supposed to have. Um, And honestly, it is a mindset. And that's what intuitive eating works on is that mindset and that's why it's so important to reject the diet mentality and one thing that we like to say is intuitive eating isn't for everybody not everybody is going to really appreciate this process and that's okay and we're okay with that but we want to help those people who think oh maybe that is you know something that could benefit me and we definitely want to talk more about it
2: we always say that someone has to hit diet rock bottom you know, they have had to have done enough diets to say, yeah, I lose weight, but then I gain it back and I and I gain more. Um, and a lot of our clients have that mentality of, yeah, I've tried them all and they might have worked temporarily, which is what we feel like diets do is a temporary fix. And we're not saying people haven't ever done a diet that's worked and they've made lifestyle changes and been successful because there is a difference. Um, but the quick fix, you know, isn't going to give you those life um, style changes that you need to sustain the weight loss.
0: And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show and more information on my guests, you can go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. And like us there in the studio with me this morning is Stacy and Casey Cluxton. They're here this morning to talk about their consulting business, which focuses on intuitive eating. Now, one of the principles here. For intuitive eating is honor your hunger tell me about that principle
1: well a lot of the times people don't honor their hunger you know a lot of the times people just get busy or they have had that diet mentality that says oh it's not time to eat yet I can only eat at these certain times so they're not honoring their hunger what we like to tell people is you know when you start to get a little bit hungry if you have a little snack to hold you over to that next meal then you're going to eat less at the next meal you know so That kind of just makes sense that, you know, you kind of bridge yourself and then you don't overindulge at the next time that you eat. Um, Moderation is so important. So honoring your hunger is definitely a part of
2: that.
0: Okay. Um, One of the other principles is challenge the food police. I like this one. Who is the food police?
2: The food police can be so many different people or things. Um, We always say that the food police can be yourself. It can be maybe a family member or even a co-worker. It can also be, you can think it may be your dietitian, which we like to say that we aren't the food police. When we ask people for a food recall or ask them what they're doing on a typical day, it's because we're curious. We're not judgmental and we're not going to think badly of their choices. We're going to help them make better timing choices, maybe even better food choices Um by getting them to look at their satisfaction, um, their hunger, their fullness and a, and a variety of these different principles.
0: Okay. And I, assuming when you say the food police, these are people that are pointing out things that you're doing wrong or making you feel guilty. Is that Making a, you
2: feel guilty they, is they're, a they're, not you, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're not arresting you, right?
0: <laughs> they're
2: not arresting you, but making a you feel guilty. Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Be, tell us about that.
2: Because you don't, no one should make you feel guilty for what you are eating. Um, By being an intuitive eater, you are honoring your body's cues to hunger and fullness and honoring your satisfaction factor. So there are specific things that you might be craving and nobody is to tell you that you shouldn't eat that if you're craving it. Of course, moderation is still key, Um, but we truly believe in listening to the body.
1: Yeah, because the food police are honestly trying to monitor unreasonable you know, goals that these diets have set out, you know, they're, they're unrealistic. They're not something that is beneficial for your body. So it just doesn't make sense. And you just have to be, say, I'm in control of me. You be in control of you.
0: Okay. The next principle is respect your fullness. I like that one from Skittles, respect the rainbow, but (laughs) (laughs) respect your fullness, right?
1: Yeah. And that's just like in observing signs that you're full and you're comfortably full, not overly, you know, full.
0: That um, reminds me. I don't mean to interrupt you, but as a dad, I have my son who who likes chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. He needs to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is, respect the fullness. That is a total good yeah, example. Yeah, it
1: is. You know, and just you know, having people to maybe pause halfway between their meal, and you know, ask themselves, you know, how does this food taste? Does it taste this food um, as good as when I first started? What is my current level of fullness? You know, am I getting? Comfortably full or too full. Um, And just because you ask yourself those couple questions does not mean that you have to stop eating. It just means that you're checking in. And, And let's say that you you finish the meal and you do feel uncomfortably full. Well, don't look at that as a failure. Look at it as a learning experience. You'll learn for the next time. Well, when I got to that level, you know, I didn't feel good. So maybe I'll just eat a little bit less.
2: And I do think that you brought up a good point with your son. We are all born intuitive eaters. So there's a really cool aspect in what we like to take it back to and in some of the questions that we ask people, you know, there are things that shape how we eat. You know, did it start in infancy that something kinda got messed up? Maybe in toddlerhood it kinda got messed up, or maybe as young adults it, it kinda got messed up. The clean plate club can sometimes be a culprit. There's all kinds of different things that shape the way that we eat. Um that really make that intuitive eating just kind of go by the wayside. But we are all born intuitive eaters.
0: Okay. And that's another interesting point because I think as, you know, sometimes parents, food is the reward. Yeah. You get a good grade. You get to go out to your favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, you do well on this test. Um, you get to go get your favorite donut at Grader's, right? Parents do that. People do yeah, that. Yeah, and
1: it's well-meaning. You know, it's not like they're doing it to try to harm their child. And it's, you know, it's just a lack of knowledge in, in the, our way of thinking. Um, But trying to reward kids in a different way, you know, going to do an activity, a fun family activity and spending time with them is probably more than, you know, anything that you could buy.
2: And I think that's just the way that our culture is as well. I mean, we celebrate everything around the food, you know, so everything in
1: our family, honestly, always celebrates with food and cake. But um, we all know, like, we know that we can eat that in moderation and satisfy that satisfaction factor and be okay with it and move on and not think twice about it.
0: So since we're talking about kids, and I got to start talking about my kids, um, but what about parents that have kids that have eating problems or they're overweight? We are living in a society where we have so many children that are overweight. Um, how do you work with parents? What do you tell parents? What advice would you give parents there?
1: I think, talk like, not talking about the weight, you know, trying to come up with ideas in ways that your family can be active together. And I think it also has, a you know, families, the parents have to be good role models, you know, and and have those habits of intuitive eating so that their child can mimic those and learn how to become an intuitive eater. Um, And I also think
2: it goes back to, again, where we are all born, unless there's a, you know, specific medical condition, we all are born intuitive eaters. So getting to the cause of, what caused them to not be an intuitive eater? Are they seriously not listening to their hunger and fullness because they think that they're going to be restricted? Um, you know, all kids are different. So it's hard to say what we would do in it in every situation. But looking back to the root cause of, um, you know, what maybe it was a move that the family made to a new city and the, the child doesn't have any friends. And, you know, getting to those types of things and. And referring out like that. And sometimes
1: even with adults, you know, our ideal of the weight that we should be and our actual weight that our body knows that we should be are different. So knowing, you know, as long as that child's growing on a growth chart and talking with their pediatrician, you know, that's really important. If they've always been on the 95th percentile and they're moving up, then they're probably doing okay.
0: Now, one of the other services that you provide through Cluxton Consulting, you host workshops and counseling sessions for companies. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, we really like to go into companies and help them out. We really like the group setting. Um, you know, when you have a group of people come together, we have a workshop that we call Twice as Nice Nutrition Advice Boot Camp. And that just pretty much goes over the intuitive eating principles. It gives them the intuitive eating book And then we talk a lot about trying to be prepared and organized for family meals, because that's a lot of the times the biggest struggle. People say they don't have time or they don't know what to to make for dinner um, or lunch or breakfast, whatever the case may be. So we like to give them uh, organizational tools to help them with that.
0: Okay, so you'll come out to companies, corporate America, Mm -hmm. churches
1: exactly yeah anything that has a group of people probably about 10 or more um we would love to come out and do little workshops and tell them about our process and you know encourage them and then the people at the workshop can decide you know do they feel like they need more one-on-one counseling with our phone consultations or was that enough and they can read the book and kind of help themselves
0: all right all right and with that we're out of time this morning if our listeners would like to find out more about cluxton consulting how can they find out more ladies
1: you can check out our website at and um, We also have a Facebook page, Cluxton Consulting. You can email
2: us at info at com for more information.
0: All right. And ladies, thanks for stopping by. Good to see you again
2: good to see you again thanks for having us thank you
0: we've been speaking to casey and stacy cluckston coming up next we get physical find out what you can do to maintain a healthier lifestyle and find out more about all the latest exercise trends that's coming up next as sunday morning magazine continues stay with us